0: Welcome to On the Middle East, the podcast of the award-winning media service, El Monitor, where each week we talk with the decision makers and thought leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in the Middle East. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of El Monitor, and our guest today is Dr. Eptisam El-Khatfi, founder and president of the Emirates Policy Center. Dr. Abdusam has been recognized by Arabian Business Magazine as one of the most influential women in the Arab world and among the top intellectuals in the UAE and the Gulf. She holds many distinguished academic appointments, as the author of numerous books, studies, and articles, and her think tank, the Emirates Policy Center, is among the most prominent in the region. I have been honored to attend the Abu Dhabi strategic debate over the years. It is recognized as one of the most influential and impactful annual events for discussions of policy in the region. It attracts senior UAE regional and international officials, as well as scholars and top media from around the globe. Dr. Rep and I will be talking about events in the UAE, events in the region, including the recent violence in Jerusalem. The talks with Iran in Vienna on the nuclear agreement, as well as the back channel talks between Iran and Saudi Arabia and Baghdad. She'll also discuss the UAE's interests in Africa and the Red Sea, the role of China in the Gulf, and her own personal journey as founder of one of the most influential think tanks in the Middle East. My conversation with Dr. Ebtissam el begins now. Dr. Ebtissam, Ramadan Mubarak, and welcome to On the Middle East.
1: Andro, I am honored to be with
0: you. Honored to have you with us. Let's start with events in Jerusalem. The United Arab Emirates has uh, criticized Israel for storming the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the violence there risks even further escalation. Last year, the UAE normalized relations with Israel. Does the recent violence in Jerusalem and throughout the territories make the UAE's position more complicated with regard to normalization?
1: The shifts in the American perspective of the Middle East have pushed UAE and other Arab countries to recognize Israel and establish official ties with Tel Aviv. The strategic implication of the uh, Emirati Israeli peace treaty which is a a regional game changer with the strategic dimension that might reshape the Middle East and relation between its people. Coming to your question, creating an atmosphere of peace and cooperation in in the Middle East tendencies of moderation and stability would contribute to bringing about shift within Israeli public opinion by realizing their country would win from peace with Arabs and Palestinians more than it would lose. For it is in the best interest of Tel Aviv and Israeli to offer more concessions on the most controversial issues with the Palestinian, such as the recent events in Jerusalem. So such environment would in return serve as, as a new level to serve the Palestinian cause, then it might help reconsider the narrative of conflict and enhance the culture of tolerance and justice in the region. All of this, however, does not mean that the decision to freeze annexation. Which, which it was preconditioned for normalization between UAE and Israel does not face real challenges related to rivalries about the formation of the Israeli government. We always say it takes two to dance the tango. It takes also from the Israeli their way, okay, to reach a concession with the Palestinian. It also needs from the Palestinian side, their leadership, okay? to take also a courageous step to go and and jump to the table and innovative solution to their problem with the Israeli. So all this happening now, of course, it's voicing the atmosphere to uh, create stability and uh, prosperity in the region. I think bringing the relation, instead of only keep it on the official level, bringing it people to people, this, this is will enhance more uh, the, that normalization and will make also the Israeli look to the, the, the fruits of that normalization and also the, the, the Arabs. And there are also many other issues taking its part through UAE between the youth, between on, on the cultural level, on the artificial intelligence level, all these cybersecurity level, all these uh, academic level as well, all these things, uh, play, hoping that, that this can change the narrative on both sides and the stereotype of the of the image from both sides, Israeli towards Arab and Arab towards Israeli uh, creating, because if it's stab on the official side, which happened with Jordan and Egypt, this will we'll stay as it is a cold peace. If you take it to the uh, second level, which I am saying people to people, this is make it warm peace. And with, like this, which help more of the challenges or kind of differences on the official uh, level.
0: The parties to the JCPOA keep meeting in Vienna, including indirect negotiations there between the US and Iran. And there have been talks in Baghdad between Iranian and Saudi officials. What are the UAE's expectations and hopes in dealing with Iran, given all of these negotiations that are taking place? And how does the UAE see the prospects for regional security with Iran?
1: Well, we'll start with the nuclear deal. Look, it is important to reach a, a new arrangement that, ca- that kept all the flaws in the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. Uh, and this is a demand repeatedly echoed by GCC and UAE. UAE and GCC are not against the return to the nuclear deal with, with Iran. Uh, on the contrary, this should be seen as a part of the new US. Holistic approach towards the Middle East that Rest on de-escalation of tension with the with the US decreasing its military uh, footprint uh, uh, in the region. Now, uh, if I if I will move to the how, how we we perceive that, I would say th- there is no doubt that outside Iran, UAE and, and, and other Gulf countries suffer most from the ongoing uh, stalemate. Uh, uh, Iran's closest neighbor are seen as a threat for its expansionist projects, where it can create leverage with which to pressure the international community, especially Washington. So hence, the, the Arab Gulf states watch the, the attempts to settle the Iranian issue with great concern. They fear that they may be doomed to repeat the same experience of nuclear deal, 2015, as international parties continue to ignore their interest whilst in in effect permitting to normalize them. So the concern among the GCC and UAE, uh, one of them, are uh, uh, evident in their calls for representation in negotiation with Iran, whilst Iran refusal to countenance GCC participation in any talk with the international community shows an ongoing desire by Tehran to marginalize. So the Arab also fear that Washington abandoned sourcing to regional partners may undermine essential engagement with Iran by um, restricting any cooperation to bilateral basis or at best purely regional negotiation without international supervision or auspices. Now, I would say UAE is looking for ways to coexist peacefully with Iran while also demanding that Iran modify the aspects of its policy and behavior. I think we we need when when I say a holistic uh, approach here I mean that we need, uh, Andrew, we need also two tracks. That one, the track which is taking its place in Vienna with the nuclear, uh, Iran nuclear uh, capability. We need another track, which is, I call it, a regional solution. Okay? And innovative initiative needs to be devised by Gulf states within the support Okay, here, you cannot neglect Israel and the international community. I mean here, US, UN, and the major power uh, to resolve issues, which I mean, namely, Tehran's regional projects and ballistic missiles program that are for great importance to both the region and international community. Here, allowing major, this initiative should allow major world powers and bodies to supervise negotiation in order to ensure implementation of the outcomes. It is important that the international community concedes an important role to the GCC in order to ensure outcomes that serves not only Arab interests, but also Israeli and global interests, which Iran always refuse and want to take only Regional, refuse any international and regional uh, dialogue. Here it comes where we see that uh, negotiation between the uh, Iranian and, and the Saudi. Okay, look at that positively, but I doubt there will be anything comes positive from that, mainly because here we are talking about Yemen. Okay. At the best, what will be the solution? The Saudi will leave Yemen, but uh, the upper hand will be for Houthi. Here we will have a Hezbollah model, same like in Iraq, uh, it's coming in Syria, and we have it in Lebanon, of course. Iran will have the upper hand in Yemen through uh, Houthi, and here this is, will be the same. We cannot talk about uh, stability and security
0: We've been tracking here at O-Monitor uh, Red Sea security issues, including uh, Nile Dam talks, or the lack of productive diplomacy around the Nile Dam at this stage. The UAE has, has conveyed its possible interest in playing a role in the diplomatic solution. It maintains good relations with both Egypt and Ethiopia. Help us understand the uh, Emirati interest in the Red Sea and Horn of Africa and the Nile Dam negotiations.
1: First, I would say that the dynamic UAE activism in the Horn of Africa and a number East African countries is an indication of um, of the increasing strategic value of this region and the importance of its geography to the Stability of the Arab region. So, UAE has sought to support development and the growth of regional economies by investing in those countries, uh, as well as cooperating with their uh, government uh, and the international community. So, that was obvious in, in the mission between Ethiopia and uh, Eritrea. And also, UAE, of course, uh, uh, has a large investment in, in that area in Ethiopia and Sudan. Uh, so I would say that mediation, because it has good relation with Ethiopia, Sudan, and uh, Egypt, it will succeed in reaching kind of medium. I think Burhan uh, was in UAE last Sunday, OK? Uh, meeting uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. I think that part of that mediation also discussion about the dam and to reach a solution and we have also to admit that now you are talking not about the old Ethiopia. Ethiopia now is looking at itself is a regional power in Africa. Okay. And to reach a concern this one needs the other to recognize uh, the Ethiopian position. Okay. And it needs everybody effort. Because the, the issue of electricity also needs a concession from everybody, okay, mainly from the Egyptian, to reach some kind of, of uh, understanding between them and uh, between the Ethiopian. There is also, andro. there is historical and psychological uh, nobody paying attention, where the, the Ethiopian uh, towards the Egyptian that they're always looking at them down. And this is, I've been discussing with many Ethiopians. And this is also preclude that reaching uh, that uh, concession.
0: The UAE has a partnership with China on the production of the Sinopharm anti-COVID vaccine. How do you see China's role in the Gulf? And does the region consider China a rival to U.S. influence.
1: China's acceleration is powered by its expansions overseas. The overwhelming production, supplies, and demand uh, for Chinese manufactured goods characterize its growing place in the world. But it is more recent policies shows how overwhelming, successful that growth has been, extending its influence through built and Road and the American. Only they were watching, and they were only announcing that they are leaving the region. So, what should their allies do now? If you, if we will compare the Chinese model with the American model, definitely for the region they are adapting the American model. Uh, the Chinese model give an economic acceleration, but but the American model you cannot defeat. And if you are leaving, I'm talking about the American, and you will say, OK, don't deal with that. I would think that especially their allies in the region, the Gulf uh, countries, they choose to have a partnership with China and political partnership with the American. But if the American are leaving the region, they leave them without any option. That's Part of the Abraham Accord. That is why it's uh, push all together. Israeli and UAE, okay, as a small countries, uh, try to protect themselves from the consequences of that vacuum in terms of either uh, fill it by regional countries like Iran or Turkey or uh, great powers like China and uh,
0: Russia. Ibtissam, you have been recognized as one of the most influential Arab women and one of the intellectual leaders in the UAE and the Gulf. And the Emirates Policy Center and the Abu Dhabi Strategic Debate seem to gain an impact and stature each year. Tell us a little about your personal journey as a distinguished academic to the center of policy action in the UAE.
1: The nice word. I don't think I deserve it. <laughs> but it is a long journey since I was teaching at UAE University as a research spare many conferences always the dream in my mind how to create a real think tank studying all the models in the region. I always say we have many tanks and we have no think tanks. It wasn't an easy job establishing that. When I create my model, I was something strange in this environment. Being a woman also, it wasn't an easy job because also creating do think tank, which I call my, uh, my center, a do think tank. The main challenge how to get that quality of researcher. It wasn't easy because we don't have, so you have to train people. At the end, I accomplished my dream, okay? But I'm always saying it's about your ability, your will. I've never looked to myself as as a woman between men. I look to myself as a researcher, think tankers who want to, to create and to show that the Arabs can Uh, accomplish something, and they can succeed. And we we don't lack the brain or the mind uh, or the will. We only lack the opportunity. Someone will give you the opportunity.
0: Dr. Abtasam, your journey is a journey of uh, success. Uh, I've been an admirer of your your work, of the center. Obviously, I've participated in in the debate for, for several years running, it's a fantastic event. Thank you for your time today, thank you for your your friendship and collegiality over the years, I always learn a lot from you.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I'm really, truly honored uh, being with you always, Andrew. I appreciate your friendship and also your encouragement all these years we have been together.
0: Well, my pleasure to be a part of it, and with the end of Ramadan coming up, wishing you and all friends in the UAE uh, Eid Mubarak. Thank you. We will be right back after this short break.
2: I'm Ben Kaspit, a monitor veteran columnist reporting from Israel, one of the world's major news and action suppliers of all times, comparing to its tiny size. I've been covering and analyzing the political, diplomatic, and military arenas in Israel for over 34 years. My best-selling biography, The Netanyahu Years, was out two years ago. I covered seven prime ministers, one major war, two intifadas, one prime minister's assassination, Two and a half peace treaties, four military operations in Gaza, and it's not letting up anytime soon. I'm glad to invite you to On Israel, our brand new podcast, where we will discuss major events in Israel and its surroundings, talk to decision makers, leaders, and analysts, and try to understand the chaos that comes with the territory of Israel and the Middle East. You will never have a dull moment with us. See you soon here, On Israel almonitor
0: thanks again to our guests dr abdissam el Tetbi, for joining us today and to our production team of phil Calabro of el monitor and beowulf roshlin of two square media productions and thanks to all of you for listening we will return next week and in the meantime please sign up for this and our other el Monitor podcast on israel at your favorite podcast platform.